The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to the crowds, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him, and I will raise him on the last day. It is written in the prophets, They shall all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to my Father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the desert, but they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. Uh, there is a lot going on on the desert road heading down to Gaza on this 19th day of Easter. And uh, the deacon gets to be the narrator uh, at many of the uh, big events that we uh, talk and, and proclaim uh, the gospel at Easter and uh, other times. And so uh, I'm going to play a little bit of the narrator today because I want to fill in some of the background that I think is happening on uh, this scene from the book of Acts. Um, you'll remember that uh, just two weeks ago, uh, Peter was in the portico of Solomon, uh, the last remaining structure that Solomon built. And this is where people came to hear his wisdom. I say that because when we see this uh, Egyptian, I mean this Ethiopian eunuch, um, it reminds me of the Queen of Sheba because tradition would have it that uh, she came from Ethiopia. And so here we have possibly a connection of this Ethiopian official who has traveled to Jerusalem to worship. Uh, the Queen of Sheba brought a huge amount of wealth to King Solomon. And this Ethiopian uh, official is in charge of all the wealth. So I, this combination just seems too close to miss maybe the message that we're tr trying to see here. Um, so the Queen of Sheba, when she came and asked questions of Solomon, her response is recorded in the first book of Kings. And she says, uh, the report I heard in my country about your deeds and your wisdom is true. I did not believe the report until I came and saw with my own eyes that not even half had been told me. Your wisdom and prosperity surpassed the report I heard. Happy are your servants, happy these ministers of yours who stand before you always and listen to your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who has been pleased to place you on the throne of Israel. 
In his enduring love for Israel, the Lord has made you king to carry out judgment and peace. So the queen of Sheba brought four and a half tons of gold to King Solomon. It says in 1 Kings, never was it seen so much wealth brought. Surely, this Ethiopian official who's in charge of all of the treasury, even though it's 900 years later, is aware of this investment and he would have been in Solomon's portico because it was the last remaining structure that the Egyptian or the Ethiopian government had helped sponsor. It strikes me that he had seen all the events that had played out that we've been reading about he has seen these things. And he's puzzled because the servants of Jesus, the king, does not match what we're, what we're hearing here. The, in his enduring love for Israel, the Lord has made you king to carry out judgment and justice, and your servants are all joyful and happy. And so what does he do? He opens the book of Isaiah, and he goes right to the, the suffering servant passage, and he's trying to find answers. And of course, we have another angel of the Lord appear that signals that something special is happening. And so Philip, the deacon, is dispatched and when they catch up, the, the Philip is going to uh, explain what is happening. So he opens his mouth and the gospel comes out. And here we have this uh, official who is now looking at what was really the message and really what has happened, and he wants to become baptized. Um, as a narrator, sometimes I've got to interject my own personal perspective um, my wife and I went to a pilgrimage uh, to Israel, and on January 19th, we were scheduled to visit the uh, waters of the Jordan River, uh, where Jesus was baptized. Um, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Ethiopian people dressed up in colorful uh, outfits celebrating the Lord's baptism. This is one of the most holiest days in the Ethiopian country, and it's a national holiday. The government closes down because of this holiday. It was so packed, there was so much music, there was so much merriment, we couldn't get near the waters of the Jordan. But I was taken by how ingrained this celebration was and how truly joyful this group of people were over their own baptism, their challenge to celebrate and, and reacquaint themselves with the joy of their own baptism. 
And so I remember that, and I always think back to this story of Philip coming and proclaiming the gospel to this official as he's traveling back to his country. Uh, you might say, well, I'm not a Ethiopian eunuch in charge of the treasury of the whole country, uh, so what does this have to do with me? And I think the message for us as we take away is really the first part of our gospel reading today. Jesus says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him, and I will raise him on the last day. And then it was further written in the prophets, they shall, sh they shall all be taught by God. So, the Ethiopian official was reading the suffering servant, which was Isaiah 53. They shall all be taught by God is just right after that. It's, it's in the next chapter. They really, they come together. And if we read Isaiah and we don't skip around like we're doing here, God is reassuring his people. Yes, there was punishment, but now there is love. Now there is reconciliation. And I'm going to teach you. And Jesus says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him. Well, I was really drawn to the word draw. And when I look this up, the uh, Greek is helka. It actually means to drag. It's not draw, it's to drag. Uh, the other further definitions, it's an inner influence of the will and it expresses the force of love. It's an internal drawing. And I think what we're seeing is in our everyday lives, yes, angels are not as visible as they were in our story, but they're all around us. They're active as can be. And they're helping to draw us, drag us, to understand who Christ is. It's a very vivid example that we see in the book of Acts. It's played out and I've tried to add more of what I think is really going on with the whole drama that's happening in the scene. But this is what happens each, to each and every one of us on an individual basis. God wants us to know him personally and uniquely, just like he's done with this eunuch. Each one of us in our unique way is being drawn dragged to an understanding and a relationship with our Lord. And I think that's really the message of when we get to the final parts of our gospel reading, I am the bread of life. We're being drawn so that we understand what that really means. Many times we look at our prayer life and what we're asking for, they're materialistic things, they're things that we need, they're and those are important, but it's no more important than the relationship of knowing God through Jesus Christ. And that's what the bread of life really brings us as we're 
drug, as our will is influenced to come and worship him. Let's stand and offer our petitions. <clears throat>